the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. Welcome to the Jewish Hour. I'm your host, Herschel Finn, we have a show for you today. In this half hour of the show, we will be interviewing Yoni Gutmacher, who is one of the organizers of a brand new magazine that's come out. It's called... Depends on which side you're looking at it. In the English side, it's called Verklempt, and the Yiddish side is Farklempt, which means basically the same thing. It's a art and literary magazine, which has put out. It got high marks and went right to the top of the pile of our review teams, which says a lot. Second half of the hour, there is no portion of the week this week. The portion of the week will be back again next week, but this week we'll be talking about the holiday of Shavuos, the Feast of the Pentecost, for those of you following at home. We've got music last week Yay. of acapella music. Next week we'll be back to regular instrumental favorites. A wonderful story all the way at the end. Before we do anything else, let's go right to the news. <laughs> One Hamas terrorist was arrested as he tried to enter Jerusalem on Jerusalem Day this past Friday with a weapon. Police in southern Israel are clearing hundreds of rockets that did not explode during the recent Gaza-Israel conflict. I saw a picture of a rocket that did not explode right in front of my niece's apartment building. This is not you talking. This is amazing. Whoa. IDF forces arrested 11 wanted terrorists in Janine. Three Palestinians were wounded in the roundup. Two men in Vienna were arrested after they hacked into the PA system of a computer train, commuter train and played a speech by Adolf Hitler Machimo. The jury has been selected in the Tree of Life synagogue in shooting case. The trial will begin next week. 
follow-up to the story we talked extensively about. The Codex Sassone acquired, was acquired by the Anu Museum, formerly the Diaspora Museum, or the Museum of the Diaspora of the Jewish People, for $38.1 million, making it the most expensive procured manuscript in the Annals of History. A judge, speaking of manuscripts, a judge ordered a Jerusalem auction house to return a manuscript taken from the London Library to be returned to the Lubavitch Library in New York. It was evidently part of the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe's collection, which was stolen by the Bolsheviks way back when. And finally, this is something to keep your eye on, the Israel Under-20 men's soccer team is in Argentina for the Under-20 World Cup. The games were supposed to be in Indonesia, but Indonesia would not allow Israel into the country. So Israel is the first time that it has qualified for the for the World Cup ever. And that's the news. Why go to a hospital to get healthy? At Encompass Healthcare, you get the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital. The same medicines, the same everything without being in a hospital. Why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection? Did you know that last year, one in six people died in America because of infections they got in hospitals? Encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility. That means you get your wound care treatment and then go home. There are no wait times at Encompass Healthcare like in ERs. Healthcare is personal and works better, faster, and easier. Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-9800. That's 624-9800. Auto accident, workman's comp, and most insurance is accepted. Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities. Call 248-624-9800. Herschel Finman here. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. We have on line Mr. Yoni Gutmacher who has uh, one of the organizers of a magazine called Verklempt, and we're going to talk about this new magazine, Verklempt Magazine. How are you today, Yoni? Hi, I'm good. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. Okay, so um, we need some backstory behind this. This is a, for for those people who can see me on the radio, yes, so it's a, uh, this is an art and literary magazine Reminds me, when I was a kid, when I was like in first grade, all the teachers in the Newark Public School System received a Mm -hmm. quarterly magazine, which is about, uh, I don't know, six by eight in size, and had had interesting pictures, because I was in first grade, that's the only part I could look at, and it also had poetry and stuff like that. And so this reminds me, and I don't remember the name of that magazine, but it came out for a couple years, and was published by the Newark School System to highlight the the work of the various teachers in the school system. So what's Verklempt Magazine, how did you get the idea for it, Joni? Yeah, uh, yeah. Verklempt is a magazine of Jewish art and literature that's published quarterly. So, uh, started off um, about a year ago uh, out of this collective in New York City from Jewish artists called Kabura, and we had this idea to start uh, a magazine to showcase and publish the work of Jewish artists and writers around the world. So, it's basically uh, a magazine for our community run by people who are part of our community and publishing the work of people in our community too. Okay. 
Now, lots of people, lots of people have ideas. Um, so how did this idea, Yoni, come to fruition? Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, it's it's a good question. We started, so we have a local community in New York, um, kind of built by our, our local network of artists and writers and, and people who are just interested in art and Judaism. And we, we kind of started there and we like talked to a lot of people uh, about what they wanted and what they might uh, be interested in the magazine. And we managed to get some funding. Um, and yeah, we just like, we're able to because we have a lot of people who support us. So, and we're excited about what we do. Okay, so I see that for Clem Magazine has something to do with an organization called Chavura. Yeah. You, could you tell us about Chavura? Yeah, Chavura is a collective of Jewish artists, um, and that includes writers, uh, visual artists, photographers, musicians, filmmakers, so artists of all kinds, really. Um, and the idea is to uh, essentially like generate Jewish community through... Uh, the creative process. So we care about um, fostering, I guess it's like the the fostering of community in alternative ways. Uh, And so we are really there to support Jewish artists. Um, So we publish their work, we put on galleries, we run concerts, uh, we publish articles online. Um, we have, we've had photography exhibits, readings, and we also have our magazine, Verkamp. So Verkamp is just a piece of the big picture. Okay. Now, for those not familiar with, yeah. with vernacular, as we, or as we would say in Yiddish, since Verkamp is a Yiddish word, as people would say, vernacular in Yiddish is called. Do you know how to say vernacular in Yiddish? Uh, do you know, I know how to do you know how to say yeah, the word? Van- to- do you know how to say the word vernacular uh, in Yiddish? No, no the my word- Yiddish. My Yiddish knowledge is limited. Okay, so if you took the word for clamp, so the word for for vernacular in Yiddish is jargon. So you've got this jargon. You got to, which, which in English is jargon, but um, which yeah. is a different connotation. But jargon means vernacular. So you have this word for clamp, which has crept in the into the uh, the the Yiddish the the English. Language. It's it's been on television. The word, and yeah. uh, so people kind of sort of know what it means. It's sort of, sort of it's, it's getting. It's not as popular as the word schmooze. Um, yeah. So, what what is what does verklempt mean to you? The word. Yeah. Um, you know, so I said before, my Yiddish knowledge is limited, but from what I understand, uh, it kind of has a variety of meanings. But it basically means overwhelmed uh, or overcome with emotion. Um, and what I like about the word is a few things, but one of them is that uh, it could have both positive and negative connotations. I think in the English, like, you know, contemporary speak, it has more positive, kind of silly connotations. But I think in the Yiddish, it's a, it can be a bit more on the sad side. Um, another thing I like about the word is that it just, it like has a sound that is very distinct and also that I think gives off, you can tell its meaning a little bit. You can get a sense of what it, of, of its tone, even if you don't speak Yiddish. Um, 
yeah, so I kind of like how it, it stands on its own. Uh, it sounds like um, you're saying for Calenthus, yeah. kind of onomatopoetic, then. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. It, it has, like, in, and, you know, when we were thinking about what to call it, you know, one of the questions we were thinking about was, uh, like, whatever language we choose to title our magazine in, um, not all Jewish artists speak a particular language, and, you know, Yiddish is only, like, really an Ashkenaz language, so... Uh, we wanted a word that like kind of has a universal like feeling to it, so yeah. Uh, so I feel like it sound captures something, you know. Yeah, it's definitely a warm, fuzzy word. In my mind, verklempt yeah. is what somebody's like. If your friend is, if you're standing at your friend's wedding and you're watching your friend getting married, and the emotion yeah. is just kind of like that's that's verklempt. Yeah, exactly. That's that's, that's yeah. the way I see it. It comes the original being Yiddish. I know Yiddish a bit. So it comes from a word meaning like shut in or the word clamped mm-hmm. is down, like clamped down. So it's like when a per- mm-hmm. the, the emotion is just too great. You just can't even express the emotion. That's that's the deal. Okay, yeah. so now there are many ways to present a magazine. Okay, you could have mm-hmm. done for a clamp magazine like in the style of, uh, say, Life magazine with these huge yeah. glossy pictures and, you know, lots and lots and lots of words and lots of thick yeah. pages and whatnot. So tell us about how you came about to choose the style, which this is, it's not, it's a little bit too big to stick in your pocket, but it's, <laughs> I would say it's about the size of the average tablet. I think that would be the size to uh, computer tablet. Yeah. It's like the size of an iPad mini. Yes. More or less. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of the choices uh, with this, as they do with most things, uh, came out of practicality, you know, like what we could afford uh, and also like what we needed to do. So for, so for example, some of the choices like about printing in color uh, were decided because we print a lot of visuals and so we just needed like thick, glossy paper that could hold a lot of ink very well. And then the size, um, you know, we didn't want to do something too big, like a standard magazine, like uh, Vogue or People magazine size, uh, just because we're somewhere between, like a, a literary magazine is somewhere between a magazine and, and a journal. So something that you could put on yourself, like a book. Uh, so a normal magazine is too tall to fit on a bookshelf. But this, is, this is the kind of thing you're supposed to keep for a long time. Oh, I got it. That's your kind of subway segueing into my next question. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, somebody somebody hears about the word about this magazine for Klempt. Okay, what's yeah. going to get them excited to actually go investigate it? Um, you know, you got to have a a care and interest in learning more about art and literature. Um, and if you're excited by stories, by drawings, by paintings. I, I think what we do that's really exciting is that we publish almost our entire magazine is original work by contemporary artists and writers. Um, and it's also all very accessible work. I think a lot of people these days are under the impression that art or poetry and poetry are things that are kind of like out of reach, like pretentious, but everything we publish is really down to earth uh, and accessible. So, you know, I encourage everyone to go online and order a copy or if you're in New York to come to one of our events. We also sell, we started selling it in a bookstore in Israel too. So, um, yeah. Okay. So now 
Um, there's a process when we hear about here at the Jewish Hour. We hear about a, a book or some publication that come out comes out. So there's a process by which it gets mm-hmm. we do it. So the first thing is is that um, somebody will hear somebody on the team will hear about it, and they'll say, "Well, what, what do you think about this? Should we should we investigate this further?" So the team kind of goes, "Yeah, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, okay, fine." Because to investigate it just for the publisher to send us a copy of a book is no big deal. Um, we get tons of books that just don't get off the pile. So we yeah. heard about uh, Ver- the Mac- Verklempt magazine. Well, let me just interject. I am speaking with Yoni Gutmacher, with who we're talking about the new art and uh, the new Jewish art and literary magazine Verklempt. Um, so. So I heard about it from a uh, something that came over from the wires, and uh, we we investigated, we looked at it, we have to check down the publisher who sent it out, and we finally got it, and uh, uh-huh. the uh, you know, and it finally, it got sent to us, pretty you know okay, and then it hit the review team. Now the review team has a pile, okay, which is sitting on a desk, and it's not a pile; it's several piles. And it's sort of like put into order, like, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. This one, da-da-da. Yeah. So the re- review team took a look at this, and it went straight to the top of the pile. And uh, we got it on a thir- we got it Thursday last week, and yeah. the review team said, we want it tomorrow, which that never, oh, yeah. never happens that we get a book and, and we say, we want to do it right, right away. So you just got pushed right up. Okay, so they were very impressed with the the yeah. style, the uh, saturation of colors, and if yeah. you tell us about how is it, um, the word that the uh, one of the reviewers put in was is, is that this is a curated magazine. This person yeah. knows a whole lot more of, about yeah. art than than I do, so I have a good voice, but yeah. you know it's the uh, my team behind me that tells me what to say. I'm, I'm kind of just like a ver, 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 uh, ventriloquist dummy. Okay, so tell us about the curating of how does one get their uh, artwork or their poem or their uh, their essay into? How could they not? I don't want the technical stuff, but what are you looking for as far as submissions? And how did you come to choose? These, I mean, it's not very, like it's not very big. You've probably got about less than uh, thirty-five different artworks and a whole bunch. About thirty-five, yeah. Yeah, and a handful of uh, of essays here. So, what's the process that your yeah. review team went through? Yeah, uh, thank you. I mean, first of all, thank you for the compliment. Very flattering, and also, I I am happy your team feels the. Uh, kind of spirit of our magazine because that's what we hope to be like something energetic that people feel when they pick it up immediately um but yeah in terms of the process uh yeah it's a good way to put it our magazine's like curated it's almost like a a museum gallery exhibit like our magazine but a, a magazine version of a gallery in the sense that it's like you kind of walk through different art pieces of course, we also publish writing and poetry. Uh, but the process is like we have an open call for submissions for every issue. So every we're quarterly, so every three months we open up a call for submissions. Um, and then we our, our team of about 
four to five reviewers, depending on the issue, go through uh, every submission. Every submission is looked at by at least two people, usually three, um, before we get together and then talk about each one um, and go from there. So for both, so for the first issue, which you have, and the second one, which we're working on right now, we got uh, over 150 submissions. So it's it's a long process, and everyone on the team is volunteer is a volunteer, um, and we really try to take every single one very seriously um, because we don't we're not really like you know we're not trying to be an exclusive kind of thing. We wish we could publish every single person who submits. Uh, but of course it's not possible. So, you know, we try to, um, we try to take the ones that best fit the theme and encourage everyone else to, uh, stay in touch with us and keep applying in the future. Cause we really like the goal of the magazine is to be more like a community than a, uh, an exclusive like forum, you know? Okay, good. Again, we're talking with Yoni Gutmacher from Verklempt Magazine. Okay, so Yoni, um, yeah. I, I have I've, there's there's one question that came up for discussion over here very much. In that one of the pieces, or maybe it's not a piece. That was the discussion. Is this a piece or is this not a piece? There is what looks like an ad for herring in the middle of the magazine. Yeah, is that an ad an for ad. herring or is that somebody? Yeah, yeah. It is an ad. It's okay. It's so. an advertisement. It's like it's just a very uh, colorful, saturated advertisement. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it looked like it's in this, the ad is done in the same style as the uh, artistic pieces in. Yeah. The... It's from a uh, Reb, Rebby's Choice, which is like a the food, a kosher food company. Um, yeah. Mm hmm. And but whereas the uh, the bottle of grape juice, which is done sort of like an Andy Warhol style, yeah, that's that is not an that ad. is not I mean, an the, ad. Bottle of, the bottle of grape juice is just an illustration. But I I mean I guess it's interesting, like the, the way that advertisements and art kind of uh, line between them is blurred. But we do we do really like uh, like to make sure every page in our magazine, even the ads, are engaging. So. You know, we have a pretty high standard for for the quality of those too. Okay, cool. Now, when we're looking for we're um, people are listening. I know uh, there are yeah. people who are going to be interested in hearing about this and not only getting it but also in submitting um, mm -hmm. material to it. Are yeah. we the, the the show we're doing is called the Jewish Hour? Okay, so yeah. we play Jewish music, but we don't play music by Jews. I've never played a Bob Dylan song because it's not a Jewish song. Are you looking for material that's by Jews or is Jewish? If you now understand the question. Uh, yeah, I, our primary, that's a very good question and an important distinction. The, the, the short answer is we're kind of interested in both, but the longer answer is that our primary interest is, is forming communities. So we're looking for art and writing by Jews. Um, that's, that's the baseline. Uh, so not, the work does not have to engage with Jewish themes at all or be Jewish in any way. That being said, inevitably, because our theme is usually something related to Judaism or is informed by Judaism, because um, a lot of the people who are interested in the work we do like care about creating art that relates to the Jewish experience, 
inevitably a lot of the work we publish is Jewish uh, in substance as well, but some of it isn't. Um, and I'm interested in both, you know, because for me, like the, the primary goal is uh, creating a community of Jewish artists and what do Jewish artists make? Sometimes they make art about Jewish life and sometimes they make art about life. So I'm happy to publish, we're happy to publish both. Okay. Understood. Thank you for that clarification there, Yanni. Yeah. Okay. So now, um, as anybody would like to get their hands on a copy of Verklempt, how would they go about doing that, Yoni? Yes. You can go to our website, uh, art. That's H-A-V-U-R-A-H dot art, A-R-T. Um, and that's our general general website. And if you want to buy Verklempt, Specifically, there's a link to it on the website, or you can go to the website slash Verklempt, B-E-R-K-L-E-M-E-T. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. our, our, the, the magazine is, is quarterly, and many yeah. literary and art magazines are themed-based. Like this quarter, we'll be talking about such and such. Is Verklempt yeah. that patterned after that style as well? Yeah, right now we're, we're doing themes... Uh, and the second issue, which will be coming out in the summer, is D.L. and Art of Zion. I didn't, I'm sorry, I didn't hear, I lost you for a second. The first one was... And the theme of, yeah, was creation, and the second one is Dion or Zion in English. Okay, so therefore, so people submitting for the second one, I'm sure you probably have received all your submissions for your second one for the summer of of uh, 2023 so you're probably accepting now submissions for fall of 2023 sorry you're probably submit you're i'm assuming that at this stage you have all the submissions for summer of 2023 and you're now now are closed through the the upcoming issue but we're going to open up submissions for the fall issue in a few weeks okay now you know um (laughs) Maybe how much you've thought through with this, but this is not, it's a big piece of work that you did. And each, each issue I can see is going to take a lot of work. So this is not, this is not a one and done. Oh, we did it. Let's go home. This is like, okay, now we did it. Now we got, as soon as you get done with this one, or even before you're done with this one, you got to start thinking about the next one. And after that, there's a next one. And after that, there's a next one. It's a tremendous undertaking yet. Yoni, are you, how much, uh, how far do you see into the future of Verklempt going and its development and where Verklempt will be? Are you there? Hello? Yeah, did you hear yeah, my last I'm, question? I'm here, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, we're, our, it's a big priority for us to create a sustainable organization and magazine. You're right, it's, it's a really a lot of work to do what we do. Um, so, you know, we're trying to put into practice a lot of different things that will help us uh, continue doing this for years to come. We're trying to think, we're trying to like put into to place the mechanisms for a long-term magazine, but we're also just taking it every issue one at a time. So, um, yeah, but we'd like we'd like this to go on for a long time. 
Okay, wonderful. That's going to wrap it up. Our guest today has been Mr. Yoni Guttmacher. We've been talking about Verklempt, and if you want to know how it's spelled, it's V-E-R-K-L-E-M-P-T dot, uh, excuse me, uh, exclamation point is Verklempt. And again, Yoni, if somebody wants us to check it out, get us per uh, subscription, what's the website? Yeah, then you should go to chavura.r slash verklempt. That's H-A-V-U-R-A-H dot art, A-R-T slash B-E-R-K-L-E-M-P-T. Okay, Havura with a V. Havura dot art, because there's a dot com, there's a dot org, there's a dot biz. Havura is a yes. v- Havura just in Hebrew means the group. So this is the art group. Yes. So I want to thank you so much for taking us some of your time and enlightening us. We yes. wish you continued success. And keep us apprised of future developments with Verklemp Magazine, Yoni, Yoni Guttmacher. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. We really appreciate all the recognition and support. We okay, take Thank care. You. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. Want assurance of quality and excellence in kosher? Look for the Michigan K on the label. What's it look like? The Lower Peninsula of Michigan with a K. It's the symbol of the Michigan Kosher Supervisors. Go to their website, mycosup.com. That's M-I for Michigan, K-O for kosher, and S-U-P for supervisors, mycosup.com, and find this month's featured products. You'll find Michigan K products wherever fine food is sold, especially at Natural Food Patch on West Nine Mile Road in Ferndale. Hey, Shulfenman here. You are listening to the Jewish Hour. Up next for your listening pleasure. I like this song. This is Shlomi Kaufman. The song is called Yachad. A lot of people have done it. It's called Let's Get Together.
There's an opiate epidemic, but Advanced Rapid Detox has a solution for people addicted to pain pills, heroin, and dependent on Suboxone and Methadone. Advanced Rapid Detox performs detox under sedation in the hospital. Patients sleep through withdrawals and wake up without cravings. Dr. Julia Aronoff and the staff at Advanced Rapid Detox help people restore their lives and the lives of their families. Addiction affects everyone, even in the Jewish community, and Advanced Rapid Detox is there to help. Call 800-603-1813, that's 800-603-1813, or visit them online at www.advancedrapiddetox.com. Herschel Finman here, you are listening to the Jewish Hour. Up next, what do we have? We have Danielle Yishai. The song is called Shlachli Koach, Send Me Strength.
I hope you like that. Up next, this is the the Y studs. Last time we're going to be playing them for a while, and this is Achila. <laughs>
Why go to a hospital to get healthy? At Encompass Healthcare, you get the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital. The same medicines, the same everything without being in a hospital. Why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection? Did you know that last year, one in six people died in America because of infections they got in hospitals? Encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility. That means you get your wound care treatment and then go home. There are no wait times at Encompass Healthcare like in ERs. Healthcare is personal and works better, faster, and easier. Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-9800. That's 624-9800. Auto accident, workman's comp, and most insurance is accepted. Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities. Call 248-624-9800. Here you're listening to the Jewish Hour. This week, as we said at the onset, there is no portion of the week as the uh, holiday of Shavuos usurps the portion. If you'd be living in Israel, there would be, because in Israel the holiday is only one day, and outside of Israel is two days, so the second day, which we celebrate as the second day of Shavuos, in Israel is actually Parshas Naso. And so I apologize then for those people for the next few weeks who live in Israel and listen to the show, we're going to be a week behind when it comes to the portion of the week until the, the outside Israel catches up to Israel. But as I say, better to be a little behind than a big behind. Anyway, so the uh, what the I'll talk about the holiday of Shavuos. Somebody came up to me last Friday night, we were at Jewish Ferndale, and this, this person said to me, uh, Rabbi, wouldn't you agree that Shavuos is the most important holiday on the entire Jewish calendar because it celebrates the giving of the Torah, and if there was no giving of the Torah, we wouldn't have a Passover or a Sukkot or a Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur? And this person looked at me like, you know, with like those steely eyes, and I said, yeah. And the person like was like so taken aback that I would actually agree and say that Shavuos, but Shavuos? Like, that's what most people get. Like, Shavuos? Like, when I was... T- <laughs> Somebody asked me th- this week. We had a pop-up at Jewish Ferndale. It went very well. Uh, we'll talk about Jewish Ferndale in a second. And uh, I said, when, growing up, I never heard about Shavuos because Hebrew school had already ended. And Shavuos was just... It wasn't in the curriculum. And indeed, if you didn't have the giving of the Torah... Where would the rest of Judaism be? Unlike the holiday of Passover, which has a Seder and matzah and seven days that you have to eat the matzah and not eat bread, or Sukkot, we're sitting in a, this Sukkot, sitting outside in this, this hut and every day shaking the lulav and esrog, or Rosh Hashanah with the blowing of the shofar, Yom Kippur with its pageantry, Shavuos is just a day off. And for all intents and purposes, the only thing that marks Shavuos is Shavuos is the fact that you have to do most of the cooking beforehand, but you're even allowed to cook. But you stay home from business. You don't engage in business. So it's just, it's a, it's a, it's like God saying, oh, have it, have fun. And so what do we do on Shavuos? Well, um, we decorate our houses and our, synagogues with flowers because it is the time when flowers are out there and it's commemorated of the fact that it says that Mount Sinai, which is a desert mountain, was all in blossom. 
And in those areas where they didn't have flowers, like, say, in uh, central northern Europe, where flowers hadn't really been prevalent. So my wife recently found out that they, people made paper cuts. And these paper cuts were quite elaborate paper cuts. And so she's taken to making paper cuts in honor of, I guess, our ancestors and my kids and grandkids make paper cuts. So it's really cool. It's kind of like the snowflake thing, but a little bit more elaborate. And if you can kind of like, it's like swing something Jewish into it, that it's also good. We stay up all night, which this week will be uh, Thursday night. We'll be staying up all night and uh, learning Torah. And it's sort of like an indication of we're ready to dedicate ourselves to this. This is something that we want. It's not, listen, how long does it take when you take something out of the box for it to just sit on the shelf or sit in a closet? How long does it take for something to lose its like newness? Like, don't sit on the couch. That, that type of a thing. Okay. Hashem said, no. We call Every single day, the Torah has to be considered like something that you just unwrapped. And so to show that, it's been 3,335 years. We stay up all night Thursday night, and we, we learn. We, what, and what are we learning? We're learning the Torah to show how much it means to us. Then there's a custom of eating dairy. This would be um, Friday morning. Friday Friday for lunch, however you do it, Friday brunch, however you would do it. So what's the deal with eating dairy? So now what was told to me, the reason why they ate dairy is because the giving of the Torah happened, it began at around dawn, at uh, sunrise. And by the time it got done, it was around 10 o'clock. And the people were hungry. And they now realize that their kitchens weren't kosher because they had just been given the laws of kosher. And the only thing that they had that they could do really quick was to eat some dairy products. Okay? I, I kind of wonder about that one. Why? Because what did the Jews eat in the desert, especially first thing in the morning? They ate manna from heaven. They didn't have yogurt and cottage cheese or cheesecake and blintzes, whatever it is that they, what we celebrate with. They didn't have that. So it may be true that this is something to that because after all, that was the reason that was told to me. But there are other things. Like the, there's an expression, is the, the, like, like it's uh, the milk dripping off from its lips is a verse. Um, somewhere in the back of the Bible. I'm not good at quoting. And uh, the Torah is compared to milk. Compa the Torah is compared to a lot of things. The Torah is compared to bread, especially food. Jews can relate to food. The Torah is compared to bread, to oil, to wine, to salt, uh, to fruit. And it's also compared to honey. It's compared to milk. What's the deal with milk? As you look at it as a baby, a baby in the course of its first year of life, when its primary food is milk, grows three times its size. It's expected that, for example, an eight-pound baby, a birth weight eight-pound baby, will be 24 pounds at one year. Okay, triple is birth weight. 
and it's because of the consumption of milk. So the Torah then is the same thing for us. It's the list is like, uh, we need it. It's our most nourishing thing. And so Shavuos, what is it that we're doing one day in Israel, two days outside of Israel? It's not just a day to kick back. Yeah, we like to do that. We like to kick back. But it's a culmination. It's like Abraham knew. He was told in 400 years from now, your children are going to get out of Egypt, which they had been in for all those hundreds of years of working as slaves. And the whole purpose of going into Egypt was to get out of Egypt so that they could pass through the desert and ascend to a level where they could receive the Torah. And we've been doing that for the last 49 days. That's what the counting of the Sphira has been, that each day we, we climb out from, as it says, the Jews that left Egypt were hanging at the edge of the abyss of the 49th level out of 50 of impurity. And in the course of 49 days, we're standing at the very precipice of the uh, 49th day, 49th level of purity. And so it was because of this preparation, and Abraham knew about it, everybody knew about it, they ascended to be able to receive the Torah. And so we, we're doing that again. We're doing that for the 3,335th time. And every time we do it, we're getting better at it. And that's what, that's what Shavuos is supposed to be. It's a time for thinking, well, what, is, what does the Torah, what does Judaism mean to me? And how can I connect better? Speaking of which, if you'd like to get in touch with me, we do that, of course, rabbifinman.com. And uh, we have various and sundry media by which you can be entertained and educated at rabbifinman.com. We also have the very important donations page because podcasts, radio costs. This is the last week of May. We haven't come close to paying April yet. So April, May, and uh, next week it'll be June, and we'll be three months. So we need your help, please. So go to RabbiFinman.com and donate as you see fit. Don't like internet giving? Well, okay. There's the Jewish Hour, 1725 Pinecrest Drive, Ferndale, Michigan, 48220. Um, this coming Tuesday, we at Jewish Ferndale will be showing Film Night, The Ten Commandments, or What's Wrong With This Picture. We'll be discussing all the ins and outs, all the things that Cecil Bill got wrong, and it's a whole list. So you want to come out there. It's free, it's free and it comes with free popcorn, too. Hoo, hoo. Anyway, and that's at Jewish Ferndale, 1725 Pinecrest Drive, 730 on Tuesday. And that's the only announcement we have coming up far as that goes. The Hasidic story. There was a merchant who uh, lived, I think, maybe central Poland, we're going to call it, went to go visit his Rebbe, Rebbe Mordechai of Neshitz. Neshkitz. Neshkitz is many miles east of Gross Point Farm. And he was there for Shavuos. He's traveling between point A and point B. He's doing a business thing. He's got a lot of money. He has no idea where to keep his money in the city of Neshkitz. So he handed it to the Rebbe and said, Rebbe, could you please keep it here? The Rebbe hid it among some pots in the um, in the kitchen. And 
everybody was fine with that. So now, Shavuos comes, they're up all night, they're sitting and learning, and as soon as the learning is over, they began the davening, and uh, they took a little break before, b- between the end of the davening, the morning davening, and the Torah reading, because the Rebbe needed to go, was going to be preparing himself to say Akdamas, which is a special poem, which is said in some communities on Shavuos morning. So some people went in to the Rebbe's, to, to the Rebbe's house, and they found some stuff to eat, because it was, you know, it's getting long, it's getting hungry over here. So they made Kiddush, they had somewhat to eat. And uh, the Rebbe did his thing, that Shavuos went past, and uh, the two days happened. This guy had a wonderful time. And he came to the Rebbe's house and said, okay, I'm here to pick up my money. No money. Money's gone. So isn't this David Neshach doesn't understand how is it possible. So he said, it just so happens that Pinchas Karatzer, one of the leading students of the Baal Shem Tov, is in the town of Brody, not that far away. And he told the merchant, stay here. I'm going to go consult with him. And he came to the courtyard of the synagogue, and he saw a man just standing, walking back and forth and saying psalms. And he approached the man, and he said, could you tell me where I can meet the rabbi, Pinchas Karatzer? The guy ignored him. He said, maybe he didn't uh, hear me. So he said to him, please, I would like to speak with Pinchas Karatzer. The guy ignored him. So finally, he said, what's the matter with you? Why can't you answer a person's query? And the person turned to him and said, why can't a young man keep track of money that was entrusted to him? So he understood, this is Pinchas Karatzer, this is the rabbi. His last name was Horowitz. So this Devin Neshkitz explained to him the whole story. And Pinchas Karatzer told him that tomorrow you will lead the davening. You'll lead the morning prayers. And when you get to the song of the sea, and you say the six words that our enemy, Amar Oyev, my enemy will say, I can never quote lines when I need to quote them, but uh, we'll divide, here we go, Amar Oyev, Erdof, I will pursue him, Asig, I will reach him, Achalik Shalal, and I will divide the spoils. So he says, when you get to the word spoils, count, he says, as you say those six words, you'll count along the north wall, there'll be a line of people davening, and the sixth person from the right, when you say the word shalel, meaning spoils, that'll be your thief. The next day, he did this, he counted the six, he said the six words, he uh, took a look at this guy, and the guy just passed out. He fainted right away. After davening, the man came. He was crying terribly. That What had happened is, is that they had come into the Rebbe's house during that break and gotten something to eat, and he noticed the money was hidden, and, then he, and he was overcome by temptation, and he took it. He says, Rebbe, what should I do? He says, well, the first thing you got to do is you got to return the money, like every penny. And then we can work on turning you into a mensch. And uh, from what I understand from the story, that everything worked out for the best. That's going to do it. We hope we had a chance to entertain you a bit. We hope you have a chance to educate you a bit. We hope you have a wonderful Shavuos. We hope to see you back again next week. Take care.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.